Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. We're very fortunate today to have Mark Gantz from Tournament Golf Foundation. Mark's the... the, the uh, allied supreme allied commander there now he raised his hand they said yes tom saw his chance to say there you go buddy good luck no i'm being facetious but mark has been around the portland area for a long time very successful businessman and um i think the tgf and the tournament are lucky to have him to have him had raised his hand i don't know if i said that right but i think it'll come out okay you know in the end so uh, let's find out a little bit more about Mark Gans. Now I want to talk about your golf game real quick. Okay. When I called you a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was, you were down in uh, carefree, I think, and a uh, place I'm very familiar with, and you were playing golf with your son. So how is your golf game? Well, for how, for how little I play it, um, I think it's, it's okay. I mean, I, I, when I was down in Carefree, that was the first round of golf I had played since last summer. And then I just played last Friday in a, um, in a little fun, um, tournament here in town. Um, and you know, I played, I get about what one would expect for someone who has played as little as I have. I had, I had a, had to have surgery a couple of years ago. Um, and that really kind of stopped my momentum. Yes. Um, and, um, but I'm back out there playing and, and, uh, I, I, this summer I want to be able to play a few rounds of golf and, and continue to work on my game. But I, you know, I play golf because I just love the, it really, what drew me to it was the opportunity for our family to be together. You know, there's very few things like golf where you can be together for five and a half hours with some good competition, friendly competition with your kids. Um, but where you also have a chance to actually have conversation and and just enjoy each other's company. And so I'm very grateful to the game, um, to be able to play it and have been able to, um, play it with my kids as they grew up. And I, as I've told you before, they both are pretty darn good golfers. Um, you know, David played in high school, college, and and then turned professional. And uh, and then my daughter played in high school and has she has the bragging rights in the family because while she was in high school, you know, her team won the state high school championship. Oh, there you go. Two there times, you two in you know, back to back. And uh, 
So she loves to remind my older son about that. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Little Thanksgiving table talk there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, a little Thanksgiving trash talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pass, pass the uh, stuffing, but don't forget, I still won. So, yeah, you know, that exactly. type of thing. But anyway, so golf has been good to our family, and and I certainly enjoy the game and enjoy the, the camaraderie out on the golf course with others. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you miss being in the throes of, uh, of high-end business? Let me phrase it that way. I mean, you were the CEO. You've sit on a lot of boards. I don't know all the boards you sit on uh, currently, but that, that takes some real staying power uh, emotionally, mentally, you know, uh, if you, if you yep. kind of backed up from Cambia, I don't know what else you've backed up or continued on with, but uh, is it hard? I I was a lawyer by training and I practiced law in a law firm and then went in-house with um, one of the companies that eventually came together with some others to create Cambia uh, back in the uh, middle nineties. And, uh, and then I practiced as the, as the chief legal officer and compliance officer, et cetera, for the corporation until 2001 when, um, I was asked to consider becoming the president and CEO of, of Regents Blue Cross Blue Shield of Oregon, which was the largest uh, subsidiary of, of the group of companies. And, uh, and so I did that. And that's when I stopped, uh, hung up my legal cleats, as it were, and, and took on a broader responsibility. And then about two years later, was asked to be the CEO of of what that at the time was called the Regents Group, um, later renamed Cambia Health Solutions. Mm-hmm. And I had the honor of serving that for 18 years. And you're right. I what what I really I feel like it was a great run. And I feel like I served the organization and and our people and our customers reasonably well, including all the mistakes that I made that, <laughs> that we all make. Um, yeah. but yeah. I felt like I one of the things that I think allowed me to and caused the board to keep me in that role as long as I, I did, which is, you know, quite a ways beyond what the average CEO, the average life of a CEO in an organization today is between three and five years. And so I feel um, very grateful that I got to serve for 18 in that role. And, well, you're a hall of famer then. So. But yeah, you could say that, I suppose. I don't know, but I would say what I, you know, I, we all make our share of mistakes, but, um, but I, I took the time to be self-reflective about those and learn, um, and, and try to do better, you know, going forward. And, and the other thing I did is I tried to always remember that leadership is more about what goes on here than what goes on here in the head. It's more about the heart. And, and so what I miss about it is I miss, the incredible people I got a chance to work with every day. I mean, I that, that I still am in touch with many of them now as, you know, friends and, and not just business colleagues, but, but I do miss that, that interaction. Sure. There's, you know, but it was, it was a very taxing, if you're going to do it well, you, it is 24 seven and you, you have to always be thinking about, the employees of the company, the customers of the company. And, you know, if you, that's just, it comes with the territory. 
Right. So that part, um, it's it's been nice to complete my run, hand off the baton to my successor, who I um, I certainly didn't choose my own successor, but was one of the people that I mentored and put in a position to potentially be my successor. And the board chose chose him, and he's a very worthy and you know CEO and is doing a great job in his early days. And I'm it it has given me great peace of heart to know that the company is in good hands and and moving forward. Uh, and I'm enjoying having a little bit more time to reflect and um, do things with my wife and, um, you know, be able to travel like you, when the last time we talked to travel yeah. down to Arizona to see my son and check in with him. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's good, but good. it also allows me to do things like chair TGF, which I would never have had the time to do. Sure. So is it fair to call you a recovering attorney? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of lawyer friends, yeah, so it's always a joke. I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I um, got a law degree and, and practiced in, in yeah. you know, both in law firm as well as in-house. And I have kept my licensure. Uh, I'm in, in active in, in inactive status, but I have kept my licensure and probably will until the day I um, die. I, I just, because I'm proud of that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you know what was interesting about it, JT, was what I found the best purpose of all of, of that education and the experience I had was it trained me how to creatively address challenges and solve them. Um, you know, there's a unique way that lawyers are trained to think and to approach problems that seem like they're impossible problems and to work through them um, in service to their clients. I found that to be very helpful to me as a CEO to be able to look creatively at challenges that employees of ours faced or customers of ours faced and try to come up with good you know, solutions that were that I, I always love to hear like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Or that kind of a response. And, and I owe that to my legal education. But, um, but I'm not defined and never have been by, you know, uh, my education. I, I yeah. give more credit to my parents for the person that I am. And Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very true. I have uh, one of my best friends also happens to be my attorney. And he's got the same name that I do, at least first first name. But I always like to torment him that he's because he's he's thinking about retiring and he really should. He's done very well and he wants to spend more time with his wife and travel just like what you mentioned there. But he, he just can't seem to let go of those reins, if you know what I mean. He just yeah. can't can't do it yet. But yeah. he will. He will. One of these. Well, I think that is one of the, the things about a graceful life is when you know when you know when to to pass the pass the baton because yeah. it, to me it's it's a great relay race in whatever profession you choose uh, you know you serve you run your you run your leg of the relay and part of the grace is to know when to pass that baton to the next generation. right right so mark if i if i ask you something like this what would you respond what is one thing that you wish you could do for this the Portland area 
what is one thing that you wish you could make happen? And I'm not talking about the, the mm-hmm. golf tournament, but just one thing uh, kind of that's reflective upon your own person. Well, if I could instill a greater, a deeper sense of the value of unity, <laughs> of, um, of truly uh, bringing people together to address the challenges that this community faces. And boy, they are big ones now. Yes. Um, and overcome this love affair that people have with divisiveness and making divisive comments and throwing bombs at each other, if you will, from their corner and say, and, 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 you know, canceling each other out, if you will, and when they don't agree. Right. Um, I think that that's a, that's a sickness right now in our society. And I see it in universities. Uh, I see it um, in certainly in almost every level of government. And, you know, when young people, it makes me particularly sad for people of my kids age that they grow up and they see that and they think, you know, that they, they become numb to it. It's almost like it becomes the normal. Right. And, uh, that that's dangerous to a democracy in my view from a, and that worries me, but more importantly, it's, it's destructive to community. Community is, is just the opposite of that. And, and we've seen in Portland over the last few years, a great destruction of that sense of community. And I, I hear it in all quarters. So if I, if I could be, you know, whatever you call it, you know, grand poobah for a day um, (laughs) or a week or a year or whatever, I I would focus like a laser beam on that. And, and part of that is, is that you have to appeal to what matters to people. Again, you have to get out of your own head and start thinking and acting from your heart and demonstrating that day to day to day. And by that example, encouraging people to do the same with each other. And that's the most important thing because everything else that we talk about are the challenges of this, of Portland and the opportunities that have Portland have, it all starts with that base. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the, the golf tournament, the, the incredible men and women who founded the Portland classic so many years ago, they did it for only one reason. And that was to bring people together to enjoy a great event with some amazing women athletes and to promote that and make it happen. And the tradition of TGF throughout the years has been that and only that. That's just that kind of community focus, that sense of trying to create community and foster it. We need a lot more of that in Portland. Yeah, less bombs, more uh, handshakes and uh, hugs. Yeah. And I, I say that kind of figuratively, but I, uh, I've been around this area a good portion of my life. I was born here and I, and it makes me sad to see the decline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary. Uh, no, we're not always going to get along, uh, on every issue. Things can be resolved and you come to a point where everybody can kind of accept it or at least move forward. But 
Uh, I think we're long past that now. Hopefully right. we can circle back. If we really believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion, then it has to be practiced. And you don't practice it by saying to others, I'm right, you're wrong. That's not inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. not respecting the differences that others have. Um, and that's what I find is particularly interesting is that that sometimes people talk in those terms, but they use weapons as a, to you know toward their enemies yeah. as opposed to what those principles really are about, which I fully embrace and believe those are critical elements of what brings a community together. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. It has been such a pleasure to finally meet you sort of face to face um, and the time I thank you for sharing with us today uh, it's very important and I I will invite you back uh, if you have time um, as sure. we get into August so the as the tournament's not too far away but it's really been a pleasure it, same for me Jeff and thank you for the way that you highlight and promote um, uh, your own love of golf and and promote uh, the golfing community to embrace this great sport and, and what it, it does for people. I, I, you're, 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 that's a great commitment of community service. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, we will be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Again, my thanks goes out to Mark Gantz and to all you listeners. I hope you all have a great week. Take care. <laughs>